Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com welcome to the beat physician burnout podcast i'm your host dr deanna larson internal medicine hospitalist and physician burnout life coach i want this podcast to be your burnout bible with topics to include anything and everything related to burnout If you want to learn about burnout, prevent it, or overcome it, this is the place for you. I do want to give a disclaimer that the information and opinions shared here are for information and educational purposes only. They do not serve as medical or professional advice. They do not represent any medical or professional institution or organization. If you are truly ready to take control of your life and put these tools into actions, I am here to help. I have a free consultation call for any physician who is looking into coaching. Please sign up for a free consult in the link below. You are listening to the Beat Physician Burnout Podcast, episode number four. Hi, everyone. I checked the download total yesterday, and it was 471. Amazing. And thank you to everyone who has listened and downloaded. For those of you um, who have not, please subscribe, download, view, star, whatever it is on the platform you use. Uh, Traditionally, it's been difficult for me to ask people to help me with these things because my thoughts have always been it's an inconvenience to you and people don't really care what I have to say. But I'm a coach and constantly working on my thoughts. So my thought is that these podcasts can help people. And I have learned so much information in the last five years that I've been coaching, and I want to share this information to you for free. So let's get on to today's topic of gratitude. I'm titling this podcast, Gratitude is Not All Woo Woo, because there is science to support it. And that science tells us that gratitude is the way to a happier, more fulfilling life. The result of gratitude isn't just superficial. It has the power to change your brain and create significant, lasting happiness. So what is gratitude? First, let's start with the definition. Gratitude is a word derived from the Latin word gratia, which means grace or graciousness. To have gratitude means to live a life of appreciation for what you have, whether tangible or intangible. It is the intentional acknowledgement of all the goodness you regularly experience. I want to repeat this part because it's crucial. It's the intentionally, you need to intentionally think about what you are grateful for. Often gratitude includes the possibility that there is an outside source of the good in your life. 
Many people feel even more gratitude as they sense a connection to something larger than themselves. This doesn't have to be a religious experience, although it can be. It can also be a connection to nature or other people. So, the science. I bet there's some of you out there that are rolling your eyes at me because we hear so much about gratitude and you're like, okay, Deanna, I know I'm grateful for things that I have. And it does sometimes seem a little woo-woo, but there is the science to back it up. And I love this brain neuroscience stuff because I'm a nerd. And I feel that as physicians and scientists, we also want to understand it. And we are more likely to participate in things when we understand the mechanism of action. I initially planned to go through all the studies in detail in this podcast, and then it became way, way too long. So I'm going to hit the main physiology, and then I'm going to add all the detailed studies and the references if you want to look at them. So much of our thinking is on autopilot. When we take the time to think about our thoughts of gratitude or even write them down, our brain then starts to look for more things to be more grateful. Our brain seeks evidence for what we believe. Taking those thoughts out of your brain and writing them down on a piece of paper makes it even easier for your brain. Your brain can then offer these thoughts of gratitude up to you randomly during the day. Our brain is lazy and tries to expend as little energy as possible. So it likes easy and repeat thoughts. The whole goal in coaching and managing our minds is to create more positive and valuable thoughts throughout our day. We are retraining our brain. We are creating neuropathways. Remember, neurons that fire together, wire together. We want to increase these positive pathways. So here are a few of the benefits of a regular gratitude practice. Number one, it can boost your self-esteem. The process of noticing and being grateful for all the good things in your life includes seeing all the good things that you have accomplished, all the good things that you are, and all the people in your life who love you. Gratitude will boost your self-esteem. When you start to have self-doubt or imposter syndrome, your brain will have evidence to the contrary. Number two, separates you from negative emotions. It's not that you will never feel any negative emotions, but gratitude will cause you to be able to let go of the emotions and self-defeating beliefs more quickly. It will keep you in a positive feedback loop. There's no way your body can have negative or toxic emotions and gratitude at the same time. Think about it. You cannot be envious and grateful at the same time. By having gratitude, you're essentially blocking negative emotions by filling up your thought space with positives. Number three, makes you fun to be around. Gratitude keeps you in a positive mind space and people enjoy being around positive people far more than negative ones. Grateful people are more social, nicer, trusting, appreciative, all things that help us bond with other people in deeper relationships. Number four, enhances your career. Gratitude will make you more appreciative of people's efforts and more sensitive to what is happening around you. Gratitude makes you more productive and increases your capacity to good decision-making. You're also more apt to give genuine behavior-focused praise to your colleagues. Number five, makes your love life better. A study showed that gratitude motivated people to do more things that strengthen romantic relationships, like showing appreciation for their partner 
be prepared to discuss issues openly and having more positive perceptions of their partner. Number six, keeps you calm. Gratitude reminds you that you have been in challenging circumstances before and prevailed. You are more optimistic, calm, and relaxed in general, but especially when things get tough. Gratitude will help you deal with stress and trauma, and studies have shown that a regular gratitude practice will decrease anxiety. Improves your sleep. A 2009 NIH study showed that our hypothalamus is activated when we feel gratitude. Our hypothalamus controls sleep as well as appetite, temperature, metabolism, and growth. And number eight makes you feel good. This one is obvious. Focusing on the good around you will lift your mood. Now, I'm not saying that you drink the Kool-Aid and walk around all day, every day, in a state of fake positivity. You can acknowledge that everything isn't perfect while still feeling gratitude and getting benefits from all that is going well. Studies have shown that having a regular gratitude practice will decrease depression and possibly even chronic pain syndrome. Now, gratitude will likely feel different for all of us, but almost universally is a positive emotion. Some people describe it as warm, safe, whole, pleasant, enjoyable, or just happy. Feelings of gratitude flood our brains with dopamine. When we are genuinely grateful, our brains reward us with this natural high. Because this feeling is so good, we are often motivated to feel it again and become more inclined to give thanks and do good for others. So now let's talk about the how. First, I want to give you an example of the wrong way gratitude is used. There is a lot of gaslighting happening in medicine right now, and when we are upset about something, even if it's a legitimate issue, we are often told by our bosses or administrators that we should just be grateful that we have a job. This is not gratitude. This is gaslighting. And having gratitude in your life does not mean that you still can't have legitimate concerns and want things to improve. So I don't recommend trying to go directly from upset or angry immediately to grateful. Unless, of course, you want to. But you are allowed to feel all human emotions. Sometimes we want to try to change our thoughts so quickly to feel better and it doesn't work. We may want to be upset and angry about things in the world. So I generally recommend doing a routine gratitude practice that has nothing to do with the circumstances in your day. When you get better at your gratitude practice, you may be able to switch quickly and change your circumstances in the moment. So how to have more gratitude. Here are a few ways to express more gratitude in your life. I'm going to give many options because different things work for different people. There's no way I want you to do all of these. When starting any new thing that you want to become a habit, you should start slowly. You want to guarantee yourself that you can be successful. As physicians, we often try to do everything at once and create an unsustainable goal. Then we feel like a failure. This is absolutely not what your goal should be. Start with the minimal first step and then convince yourself that it is the perfect plan. This is all I'm going to do for now. I like adding the words for now at the end. It gives me space to go slow and learn. Whatever goal you decide, I want you to be at least 80% sure that it is something you can do. I want you to be honest with yourself and build trust with yourself that you will be able to complete the things you say. I am a person who does what I say I will. 
If you're not 80% sure that you can do your plan, you need to back it off. There's no sense in creating a goal that you're just going to fail at. If you don't think you can do it every day, then change it to once a week. If you don't believe you can do it once a week, then change it to something less. For example, I will practice gratitude more often in the next month than I'm doing it now. We are constantly striving for some improvement, but none of these activities on these podcasts should ever be used to make you feel bad about yourself. Maybe you are the person who wants to go all in and do everything, get a journal, do all possible exercises. Remember, all of these are just options and opportunities for you. You can just start by acknowledging the blessings in your day. It may seem trivial, but just notice and be thankful for the small things that maybe aren't even small. Even if you're not ready to take the time to write them down, even the awareness will benefit you. Your morning cup of coffee, your bed, pillows, cozy comforter. I have to tell you, I love my bed and I think this one is one of my favorites. I love my bed and think this so often. A clear glass of water to drink. The people you see daily who are kind. The teacher at your child's school who cares for your child genuinely. Your friends who have weathered many storms with you and whose company you enjoy. The person who let you go in front of them in traffic. Your brother who is always there for you despite things they're dealing with in their own lives. Now don't worry, your brain will find something, even on the hardest of days. Sometimes it may even need to be as basic as being grateful that you're alive, or that you can see, or how beautiful the flower is. Remember that no matter how small it is, starting to train your brain to search for more things in your life that you can be grateful for will make you start to feel better during the day. Think of all the little things that can add up to make your extraordinary life. So let's talk about gratitude exercises. So here are a few ideas. You can start keeping a gratitude journal. It doesn't have to be a specific new journal. You can write it in the spot on your regular planner or calendar. I would try to pick a time. I'm going to do this first thing in the morning. I'm going to talk to text into my phone on my drive to work. I'm going to do it before I go to bed at night. It doesn't really matter. Just try to pick a time. Some people really like doing it in the morning. I notice that on really stressful days, I realize that my mind has already begun spinning with a massive list of things to do before I even get out of the shower. This could be the perfect time to fill my brain with some gratitude instead of all those overwhelmed thoughts. How often? Maybe start with, I'm going to do this once a week. I'm going to write down one to three things I'm grateful for once a week and then work your way up. It's always best to contribute to it regularly. You can even let technology help you. There are a lot of gratitude apps. It doesn't have to be fancy. You could even write down one thing that you are grateful for on top of your patient list today and look at it all day long. Any new habit is always easier if you tack it on to another thing that you do frequently. It is helpful to add a gratitude thought like every time you knock on a patient door, every time you wash your hands, every time you open the refrigerator door, every time you tab into the computer. Here are some other strategies. You can express appreciation to someone by sending them a card or phoning them. Take a walk and be grateful for everything you see in nature, the flowers, trees, other people, animals. You can make a gratitude jar or box 
write on a slip of paper anything that you feel grateful for and put it in the jar. You don't even ever really have to go back and read them. You can just feel grateful by watching the paper size increase. You can sometimes make a collage tip by taking pictures out of magazines. And I want to do another thing to explain to you that I call give your day equal airtime. So it is normal for our brain to focus on negative things that happen during the day. Our brain is trying to protect us and therefore looking for anything harmful and dangerous. Have you ever noticed how you take great care of 19 patients, but that one patient with a bad interaction that maybe isn't even your fault will cause you to feel failure for your whole day? You forget about the 19 good patient interactions and spend the next many hours ruminating on what you could have done differently or what you should have said. This is a normal function of our brain, and on average, 85% of our thoughts are negative. So this is where we start to rewire our brain and try to bring it back towards 50-50. That's what I call equal airtime, equal positive, equal negative. Your brain will automatically want to only think about the one negative interaction. So at first, you're going to have to actively think about the good things you did during the day. Write them down. Remind your brain. Rewire your brain to remember the positive things so the next time it will offer them up quickly. We want our brains to easily offer up what went well today. Remember, our brain is going to look for evidence of the thoughts that we believe. Focusing on gratitude takes practice, but this will help you if you are one of the people who often beat yourself up at the end of the day. If you tend to think, I feel exhausted, I'm overwhelmed, I'm wiped out, this day was awful, those thoughts are going to help your brain look for the adverse events during the day. Make sure you give equal airtime to the good things that went well during the day, and the positive feelings will come along as well. Sometimes the good, nice things that people do for us are small. Maybe a patient hugged you. Maybe your partner switched call for you. Maybe you got home and your kids had cleaned the kitchen. These are not huge, significant events, and if not brought to your brain's attention, they may just slip through the cracks. But what happens if you start to bring them consciously and actively to your brain's attention is that your brain will remember. So the next time you start to think you had an awful day, your brain will be able to remember all of the small but nice things that happen. It will have evidence to the contrary of, I had an awful day. Now, I'm not going to BS you and tell you that you can turn an awful day into, I had a perfect day with absolutely no problems, but maybe a compromise. Today, my job was okay, and I have good kids. That makes sense? All right. I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. A Huda Media Production.